Yeah, let's wake up. <laughs> I need to wake up. I'm, you're not the only one. Me too. I, I had to take a nap in between service because it's been a long weekend. And we're, it's going to be even longer week because we got camp coming up. And we have, this is our first full-fledged camp since COVID. And we are jumping in head first with two camps back to back with one day of rest in between. And that is going to be intense, especially since I have a newborn. <laughs> going to leave my home, uh, leave my home, leave my wife at home with my kids. It, it's intense for her too. So pray for her. Pray for her these next few weeks. But Awesome opportunities to, to serve during the summer and to uh, invest into the lives of young people here on this island. And so, yeah, definitely want to reiterate what uh, uh, Nestor was saying was that if you could prayerfully consider volunteering and helping out with either the Royal, the, the Royal Kids Camp or our Unashamed Camp that is coming up. So definitely a lot of opportunities to to serve and to invest amen my name is zach i'm one of the pastors here at grace bible we just want to say thanks for coming welcome welcome hope that you will be blessed here as well as online we've been going for the past six weeks now six weeks we've been going through our series called unshakable and we've been talking about how we can have a faith that is unshakable, sturdy, standing tall, house standing tall, when the earthquake comes that it won't fall, that kind of stability in our lives, and we are ending it this week. We're ending it with the, I, I think, probably one of the uh, most iconic scriptures on foundation, Matthew 7, 24 to 27. If you pull that up, and this is, this is what it says. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like the wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. And then the rain fell and the floods came and the Winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. I remember uh, one particular storm in my life where, I think it was in 2008 or 2009, we had a big rain come in, and it was raining for a few days, and uh, my friend and I decided we were going to go skimming at the park. Uh, anybody, you guys know what skimming is? Yeah? Okay, good. So we grab our boards, we head to Keopulani Park, and we're down in the pit, and we're skimming, we're having a blast, we're having fun, and somehow somebody gets the bright idea that we're going to run into each other, just crash, just crash into each other. I don't know why. I'm a guy. He's a guy. Sometimes we don't think. And so we crash into each other and we do it a few times and we're having fun and then we're like it's not there's not enough fun in this we need to take it up a notch and so we think hey why don't you jump over me 
I'll duck and you jump. And that's how we're going to elevate this. So he was the more athletic one. So he had to jump and I had to duck. Okay. So we're going, 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 going. I duck as low as I can to the board. He jumps and he knees me in the head. (laughs) Takes me out. I have a gash. I have a scar on my head because it ripped the skin open. Knocked me unconscious. I'm face down in dirty, muddy, fertilizer, keopulani mud water. Breathing that in. He comes over after he realizes that there's no response from Zach at that point. Zach is unresponsive. So he turns around. He runs over to me, flips me over. I'm gurgling the water, spitting it out, takes me up, lays me on the hood of his car. Because he has to go get the boards. The boards are important. Lays me on the hood, runs down the hill, grabs the boards, puts the boards in the car, puts me in the car, drives up to the hospital, just the regular hospital side, not the, not the emergency room side, the regular hospital side. The guy sees me bleeding in the front seat, and he's like, go up. So we drive up to the, to the ER. On the way up to the hospital from the moment he drops me into the car, I'm saying, I saw this in a dream. This happened before. I knew this was going to happen. You can tell I'm kind of delirious, right? Telling him the whole way up, I saw this before. We get into the ER. They sit. They check me in. I'm sitting in in a, uh, what is it called, the wheelchair. I'm sitting in a wheelchair for about, I don't know. Maybe like half an hour, 45 minutes, I'm sitting in a wheelchair, no shirt on, surf shorts, covered in grass, blood dripping down my face, and my, my premonition turns into forgetfulness. Anybody here seen 50 First Dates? 50 First Dates, anybody? Yeah? 10 Second Tom? I was 30 Second Zach. 30 Second Zach for the rest of that that day. And every 30 seconds, I would space out and I'd say, where are we? And so my friend would tell me what happened. He's like, I need you in the head. We're at the hospital. You're going to get stitched up. And every single time I would ask him, how's your knee? Oh, he felt bad. <laughs> he felt bad. He was feeling guilty because he's, put, he's putting me in the hospital and I'm asking him about his knee. Not just once, not twice, about 15, 20 times I'm asking him this, and he feels bad. But I, I, I love that story, because it, whenever I think of a storm, it brings me back to that moment. It brings me back to that time. And when we have storms that come, because the storms are going to come no matter what, no matter what they are coming. You, there is no way to avoid them. There is no way to get away from them. They're coming unless you like run away, completely away from a storm, natural storms. You know what I'm saying? But you can't control them. You can't stop them. They're coming no matter what. And the only thing that we can do is prepare for them. That's the only thing that we can do in our lives to prepare for them. And Jesus lays out within the, the Sermon on the Mount, how we can prepare our lives for the storms. 
how we can prepare our lives to be unshakable, to prepare our lives to be sturdy, so that we can be steadfast in our faith. Amen? Lord, we thank you so much for our time together. We thank you for your goodness. We pray, Father, that you will speak through your word, that you will speak your goodness. Lord, that you will help us to, to uncover what it is that you want us to, to apply and take to our lives, God, because we don't want to just be hearers of the word. We want to be doers of the word. And so we ask that you will uh, transform our hearts and our minds this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah. So Matthew 7, 25, it says that, And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. It is not a matter of if, but when. It is not a matter of if, but when. And, we be and I believe that Jesus used this natural, very familiar scenario to, to, to bring apart his, his point of having a sturdy foundation and the importance of it. Amen. You know, in our lives, we have been rocked, shaken, beaten by different situations. I don't think anybody here has never gone through some sort of hardship because of what the world has, has dealt us or things that has uh, happened to us. Nobody here has left unscathed, Yeah. And if you have, you are extremely blessed. Stay in that spot. <laughs> Stay with God in that spot because you don't want to get out of that. Everybody goes through these storms in life. Are we prepared to withstand them? Are we prepared to be able to go through them? To not let our lives be completely rocked and shaken to the point of breaking. Yeah? And I look, I look around and I see people who have gone through things in their life. Michael Tom, you look at his life and that guy loves the Lord. Just straight up loves the Lord and will give his life for the Lord. But he went through some hardship. Lost all movement in his body. I mean, not, not all of it, but can't, couldn't do what he did before. If that happened to me, I'd be like, God, just take me now. I don't know if I can live. That's rough. To be able to go through something like that and to come out the other, the other side still praising the Lord and saying, God, whatever you want to do with my life, do it. I want to serve you. That's a faith and a life that is unshakable. That's a life that where we saw the, the storms hit it. You see the rains come and the floods came and the winds blew, but it did not fall. And that's so encouraging to see. It gives me hope that if I can live my life in a similar fashion and I can live my life in a similar way, then I can have a similar faith and a similar stability, unshakable life as he had. It doesn't mean that we're not going to get hurt. Yeah? 
doesn't mean that we're not going to get hurt by these storms, that we're not going to get tossed around a bit and beaten up. You know, we're thinking about a house that your house is going to be missing a few shingles. The paint's going to be coming off. You're going to be some broken windows. Some repairs need to be made, but the house is firm and standing. And that's what God wants in our lives. And that's why he gives us these scriptures and these teachings in order to help us prepare for these things. So he talks about two men. So a tale of two men. Uh, I, I named it, this section. In Matthew 7, 24, it says that everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The second, in verse 26 And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Which one, which one are you? You don't have to answer right now. But I want to, but think about it. In our lives, in your life right now, currently, are you being more of the foolish or the wise person? Are you listening to God's words and are you doing them? Are you listening to his words and not doing them? Now, I was thinking about this and therein lies the, the, the wisdom and the foolishness of it is that when we hear it and we don't do it, then we end up making foolish decisions. But if we hear it and do it, there's wisdom in that. And therein our foundation becomes strong. Anybody ever been to the Leaning Tower of Pisa? Show that. Anybody been there? Like actually been there? One? Only one? Two? No? Two. That's awesome. Here in Hawaii, we don't get out much. We don't travel very often. <laughs> I don't know if it's, a, if it's a money thing or what, or if we just like being on the island. It's safe for us. But I, I've always wanted to go, always wanted to be there to stand, you know, do the, the, the picture of it falling. Anybody? You know? But that, that is a picture of a poor foundation, a structure built on a poor foundation. That also makes me think about Jenga. You know, when you're playing Jenga, and then you're left with only two pieces at the bottom. It makes the little cross or the T on the bottom. And then after that, whoever's next, you're like almost done for. It's going to fall. That's a shaky foundation for that game. But then this is kind of my favorite foundation. You go to the next one. That one. Imagine living in that house. That's pretty intense. Interesting foundation choice. Tires. I would have never thought. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do sometimes. But God doesn't want us to live our lives in a way where our foundation is going to get shooken and rocked. And not only is it going to get rocked in a way that is detrimental, but he doesn't want us to break. He does not want you to break. His heart is for you to thrive and to live and to move forward even after you've been hurt and banged up. 
Amen? That's his heart for you. And so he gives us these instructions and these sayings and these teachings in order for us to live our lives in a way that would allow our foundation to be set on the rock in a firm foundation so that when the things in our life that, are, that will rock us and hurt us and, break us and try to break us come, that we will not be broken. Amen? That's his heart for us. And so that's why Jesus, is, Jesus taught on, the ser- on, on this mountainside and as we have gone through this, the Sermon on the Mount. He taught, he taught for three chapters on the importance of our character, that the kingdom of God is not something that is outward, but it's inward. It's an inside-out kingdom that we're a part of, that God is more concerned about our character and who we are and how we conduct ourselves, how we think, not just what we do how we think inside out and then not only that but it is heaven before earth it's an upside down kingdom that our our focus and our efforts should be not on the the things of this world or the earthly things but it's storing up the treasures in heaven and with heaven in mind and eternity in mind that's how we should do things in our lives and then he ends it, which is what we've been talking about last week and this week, with, with this idea that it is a never-ending eternal kingdom, a never-ending eternal kingdom. And so when we live our lives with that in mind, we're not living it just for what is here, because this right here is temporary. It's temporal. What's important is, is from the Time we die and eternity forward, that's our hope. And so God gives these two, these two different men who built two different houses on two different foundations. And the outcome of each of these homes when the storms came. And the outcome for the, the, the man who built his house on the sand was that it fell. And not only did it fall, but it was a great fall. Before, before uh, verses 26 and 27, in verses 13 through 21 of Matthew 7, Jesus begins to teach about judgment, begins to talk about the, the eternity and the, the separation and the difference between the two. In 13, verses 13 and 14, it, he talks about the narrow gate and the wide gate. And how few will find the narrow gate. And how many will walk through the wide gate. In Matthew seven nineteen, he talks about how every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut off and thrown into the fire. There, there, there's a finality in this. And so now he's changing, changing their perspective and not just thinking about what they can do here on this earth and how they can live here on this earth. But what does that mean for the future of eternity for their lives? 
And then in Matthew 7, 21, it says, Not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And he adds this, But, but, the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So the ones who enter the kingdom of heaven, who call him Lord, Lord, do what he says, those are the ones that will, will get in. The ones who do the will of my Father. The Bible tells us that faith without works is dead. There is a response to the faith that we have. Yeah? When we have faith in God and we choose to believe in him, we choose to trust in him, and we choose to live our lives for him, there is a response to that, an action that, that God is calling us to make. It's a partnership between he, he and I, he and you. There is a partnership a relationship that, that is happening and is growing and cultivating over the years. But he calls us to obedience. He calls us to this place of action, of doing for him, not just for his kingdom, but for ourselves. Because what does it do? It, it builds a foundation in our lives. It builds a foundation in our lives. There was a great fall, but I really believe that God catches us a lot of times. So I want to talk about the great catch. The great catch. And I feel like this is, this is more of the good news. You know, there is judgment. There's no, there's no if, ands, or buts. There's no getting around that, that, that it's coming no matter what. And you talk about the greatest storm to come in somebody's life, and I feel like that greatest storm may be judgment. And so in that moment, is our foundation in Christ, or is it not? Is it founded upon our faith in Him, or is it not? Sometimes that's a scary thing to think about. But God gives us this good news In John 3.16, in the eyes of judgment, because we're, we're talking about the never-ending eternal kingdom of God. And so with eternity in mind and eternity in our sights, we look at John 3.16. It says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And you can continue to read that. And when you get to verse 21, it says, but whoever does the does what is true, comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that the works have been carried out in God. Kind of talks, uh, right before that, it talks about people who don't want to, don't want to live for him, don't want to do what is right, because they enjoy what they do in the darkness. Because when they bring it to the light, it, became, it gets exposed. And that's, and they don't want that. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like the wise man who built his house on the rock. God gives us stability in the midst of chaos with this promise. That if we obey and do his words, and a really easy way to look at it, just read through the Sermon on the Mount. I think it's really easy and simple to look at, look at what he says and see, Whoever hears these words of mine, and he just taught for I don't know how long, everybody was listening to him, listening to those words. If they take those words and do them, 
They will be wise like a man who built his house on a foundation on rock. Giving us the stability. Not only that, but he also gives us the ability to live for him when we ask. He gives us the ability to live for him when we ask. And in verse 7 through 8 of Matthew 7, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive, and the one who seeks, finds. And to the ones who knock, it will be open. And in 1 John 5, it says that this is the confidence that we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. I can bet 100%, 100% that if you ask God to help you to live for him, that he's going to hear you and he's going to answer you. 100%. Because his will and his desire for our lives, for your and my life, is to live according to his word. It's probably the safest prayer. It's always going to get answered because it's according to his will. And he hears it, no matter what. I don't know how many times that I have to ask him to help me, to help me to live for him. In my, when I struggle, when I'm feeling tempted, when I'm feeling like I don't want to live for him, I need to ask him to help me, to strengthen me, to encourage me. And he does. He uses other people. He uses songs, music, in order to, to help encourage me, to help get my mind right. He uses the word in order to bring about correction and, and uh, a change of heart. He does those things for me when I ask. I notice that when I try to do it on my own and I don't rely on him and I don't ask him for the help, that I end up, that I end up failing. I end up falling. one of the biggest storms in my life to date is uh, what happened with my son, Zakai. I don't have a picture of him, but so we, we went in for an induced labor and we had some complications. The umbilical cord came out before him and I didn't realize that that could happen. I thought when, they, when we saw his heart rate dropping, I thought it was the umbilical cord was wrapped around his neck, but it wasn't that. It was actually in front of him. And so he was, his head was pushing up against it and it was cutting off his own circulation. And at the time, I didn't know any of this. And so I'm sitting on the side, I'm praying. The nurse calls another nurse in. They call another nurse in, they call another nurse in, then the doctor's in, and they're all freaking out, and they're trying to push the tube back in, and I'm on the side just praying, just praying. They rush her out. They're so fast. They're kicking, they were kicking the chairs and kicking the trash cans out of the way to get her out of the room fast enough so that they could operate, okay? 
Not only that, but we had an anesthesiologist come on his day off. He was called in, and he didn't have to, but he came. As soon as all of this happened, he walked around the corner ready to go, and he was able to administer the, the medicine so that she could do the operation without feeling anything. Because if he wasn't there, the choice is to cut without it. And I'm pretty sure Mickey would have agreed to that. Probably one of the scariest moments of my life because I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't realize that the anesthesiologist had just walked around the corner until after it was all done. I thought she was going in. I heard a, I heard a scream. I was like, I'm on the phone with Pastor John. And I'm like, John, they're cutting her open right now without, it, without anything. I can hear her screaming. And I'm freaking out. I'm crying. I'm on the floor. I'm praying. I'm talking. He needs to calm me down. And then afterwards, the nurse comes out, and she's telling me what happened. And I'm thinking, okay, that wasn't Mickey screaming. I was freaking out for nothing. It was another lady in, birth, in labor giving birth. I totally thought it was Mickey. I thought because it was kind of muffled. So I thought I was hearing her behind, from behind the door. She was screaming so loud. I was freaking out. I was scared. And if anything happened in that moment to her or to Zekiah, it would have it destroyed me. I feel like if I didn't have God in my life. If I didn't have the Lord and if I didn't you know, do my best to live for him and see his faithfulness in my life, then I would have been so hurt. In that moment, if anything happened, now I don't know what I would have done. It's a scary thing to think about. So I don't know how people, how people can do it without God in their lives because I know how faithful he is and how good he is to us. And what he does for us when we submit our lives in obedience to him, that his blessing comes upon us. And he protects us. These storms are coming. We can't do anything about it. They're going to come. They're going to come. And so I want to encourage you to go through, read the Sermon on the Mount. Go through Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Read it. Internalize it. Bring it, bring it to a place in your life where you can, you can recall those verses by memory. And allow it to, to change you and transform you so that you begin to do those words that Jesus spoke of. So that you can lay a foundation in your life that is unshakable. That no matter what happens in your life, that you will always have a firm foundation standing upon it. That nothing can break you. That you'll get hurt. You'll get bruised. Beat up. But you will not be broken. Read it. I challenge you to read it and internalize it. Lord, we thank you, God, for your, your word, your teachings. We thank you that you've given them to us so that we can learn from them and we can grow with them and we can learn to, to, to have them as a natural response in our lives and we can do them 
And in so doing, you promise that there is a foundation that is going to be laid within our lives that will, that will make us unshakable. That our lives will not be broken because it's founded on the rock. It's founded on you. And that it's in you that we have access to the never-ending eternal kingdom. I pray that for each and every single one of us, that you will begin to change and transform our hearts. Draw us to you. That we let your words go deep into our heart. And that we will become not just hearers, but doers of your word. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Every son. Amen. Amen.